0: Hello and welcome to another Ken Seven podcast. Um, we've got a big, we've got a big week actually coming up. We've got play Leeds uh, tomorrow night, and we've got uh, a cup final at the end. And joining me for a chat about all things Liverpool is um, freelance journalist David Lynch. Dave, how are you doing, mate? Thanks for joining yeah, us. Yeah,
1: really good. No, good to be good to be back on.
0: What a time to be covering this football club. Seriously, I mean, it must be great for you guys.
1: Yeah, no, incredibly exciting. I mean, you know, so much, so many great things have happened on year and club has been a really exciting journey to cover. But, but this season in particular, with you know the first time really ever that they've they've had a, a shot at all four trophies and and, and, a, and a chance to to go deep in all four competitions, it is it's it's really exciting. And you know, it, it feels like there's a there's a real opportunity there. You know, they they probably won't win all four, but the the, the fact that they've got at this point of the season, they're still there. In with the chances, yeah, it is. It's exciting. So, um, yeah, lots to look forward to in, uh, in not just this week, but the, the weeks to come.
0: Mm, of course, um, well, obviously, we've got a game on Wednesday night. We'll, we'll we'll come to that. We'll have a little chat. If you if you're watching this now, just um, don't be afraid to uh, comment, ask us a question, or ask Dave, you know, a question if there's anything that you particularly want to ask him. Um, well, what we'll do is we'll start with the uh, the Norwich game. Um, Obviously, Liverpool didn't know what was to come um, that evening. Um, but, you know, we, we go 1-0 down and then we we basically score three fantastic goals in a very short space of time to win the game. What, how, what was your summary of that game?
1: Well, I thought for, for starters, I think it was a really good sort of indicator of how difficult it is to win the Premier League because you look at Norwich at the end of that game, they, they're bottom of the league by virtue of that result and yet... You know, they they gave Liverpool the game. I thought, you know, it, they rode the luck at times, and obviously, a team that's down in that position would have to. But for that first hour, they they did create some opportunities. They made it difficult in times. I thought, even though Salah played really well, I thought Brandon Williams and it, that was a really good battle, really interesting. It sort of summed up what what Norwich's attitude was. They were, you know, they were they weren't just there to sort of turn up and get turned over. They they really thought they could pick something out of the match, and they, they you know they weren't too far away from doing that. So I thought it was a really interesting game, but I thought. Liverpool just, you know, they seemed to have that belief, didn't they, that the, it, it wasn't over. And it, we've seen that before, seen that many times. But but this added depth really sort of gives them that extra something, doesn't it? And I think those changes off the bench, the goals came two minutes after. And, and though you wouldn't say that the players who came on were directly involved in the goals, I think it just said something in terms of the mindset and really sort of woke Liverpool up a little bit and, and just added a little bit of zip to the play. And, and So you have that incredible turnaround after two minutes. And then from that point, they were absolutely excellent. I thought, you know, Tiago was was massively at the heart of that um, in terms of the the upturn in performance after that. But the, the the main impact for me of the changes was was a mental one, and that is it bodes really well because you know Liverpool have done that a couple of times on the bounce now, and and we you know we've said that that depth has been really added to in January, and it it's it starting to tell already. It's it seems to have added depth all across the squad and and, and really changed the mentality, and and I think that. It's most exciting, it, it, you know, with reference to what's happening in terms of the four competitions. It, it feels like Liverpool really have got the options there and the ability to do it because because of that added depth.
0: Yeah, I mean, a couple of things that I wanted to speak to you about. What you, you know, what you've just said. That obviously, we we go back to the Inter Milan game. The changes seem to make a big difference. But I was watching the Inter Milan game in the first half. I thought we played really well, and I, I was actually sat there thinking our problem for the rest of the season is not in these big games. Our lads will always turn up. And that's what I saw, obviously, Inter Milan had a little spell in the second half, 15, 16 minutes where, you know, they came back into it. But I genuinely believe that, you know, what if we play a big game and we play against a big team, we've got it, you know, and, and we'll we'll give a good account of ourselves. It's in these games, like the Norwich ones, where you, you worry about a little bit of... um you know, not taking it, maybe taking it too lightly or, um, you know, a little bit of complacency possibly. But then, you know, surely with the, the the squad that we've got now, the ability to change things gives you players who come on, who are hungry and want to want to play and want to prove themselves. And I think that's what we saw on, on Saturday, wasn't it? Um, did you have any feeling at all going into the, the Man City game that City might slip up?
1: Oh, absolutely not. I, 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 I never do. I, I genuinely never do. I just think that they're absolutely incredible. They're relentless, and you, you know, you think about Spurs and you think what they've been like in recent weeks. I was thinking they're very flaky. So yeah, I'd absolutely no expectations whatsoever going into it. Um, you know, as as listening to it on the radio uh, on on the way back from Anfield and and thinking, yeah, no, absolutely no chance. And and when the I think that Kane had one disallowed, didn't he, for, for offside at, yeah. that would have made it 3-1. And I think I turned my radio off at that point and thought, well, this has got City 3-2 written all over it. Um, and, and, you know, how wrong I was, at, you know, huge credit to Spurs. I thought, you know, I've watched the highlights back and I thought they they, they looked incredible. They, they, they had a very obvious game plan and they stuck to it and they, they executed it perfectly and, and and City didn't really have the answers. And it's, yeah, really puts the cat amongst the pigeons in terms of the title race because you've seen, you know, it's not just that City have dropped points and Liverpool have, have won and that the gap's closed and the, it's, it's the fact that you've seen some fragility in City which hasn't felt like it's been there for weeks. Mm-hmm. So that is particularly exciting. And I know you can't expect every side who comes up against them to, to execute that game plan in the way that Conte's team did. But, you know, if you can get anywhere near that, Maybe you can expose them. Maybe you can get in behind that high line. Maybe you can, you know, you can even make players like Rodri look a bit, a little bit daft at times if you, if you get it right. So, you know, if it takes that little shine of invincibility off them, I think that's massive for Liverpool.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, that makes this game, the Leeds game, now even bigger, um, and we, we really can't afford to slip up. Although i felt like that all season. Leeds form going into the game, Dave, they're um, 15th in the table. They've only won five games all season. Um, they've got a big problem with conceding goals. They've, they've actually conceded 50 already this season. Um, they've drawn one and one. Uh, sorry, lost three of the last five. And obviously the last two games they got beat by Man United and Everton. Have you... Have, have you watched Leeds much this season? What what have you gleaned from them? Because I think last season people were almost a bit scared of them. They'd come up with all this um, bravado and bluster and, and you know, Bielsa and, and you know, everyone was looking at it going, Christ, these these guys are, are just something totally new. I wonder whether they've been f- found out this season, people understand how to play against them, or is it literally just that they've had big players who've been injured?
1: Yeah, well, I do watch a lot of Leeds. I, I you know, my current role at the Sunday Mirror, I do a lot of their press conferences as well, and I, I, I watch Leeds a lot just because I think they're a fantastic, entertaining side. I mean, that is that is for better and for worse at times. I mean, they, they are they're really good going forward, but they they gave the they give every opponent a chance, don't they? Going the other way, so I think you just guaranteed a good game when they play. So I have I have seen a lot of them, and I think. You know, I, I was at the Everton game uh, as an example and I thought they were they were very poor there. I think Everton did well in terms of pressing them into mistakes and, and forcing the ball into areas where Leeds didn't want it, but they were, you know, you, you used to a bit more zip and a bit more creativity in the passing, and it just it just wasn't there. And and I think, you know, they, they haven't stopped conceding goals at the rate that they used to, but they, they aren't really sort of scoring them at the same rate um in, in certain games, and that 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 can cause problems in itself. I think Patrick Bamford's been a real miss in terms of that. Um, and also, you know, Calvin Phillips in midfield has, has been a huge miss. They, they've missed a long part of the season um, and, and, and Leeds don't really have incredible levels of quality. I mean, it's quite a similar squad, really, in terms of um, in terms of numbers to the one that came up. That You know, they've had the little sprinkling. So think about Junior Firpo um, and Rafinha and, and maybe um, what's the centre-forward called Rodrigo. Um, but a lot of the core of the squad is still that sort of championship winning team. So. You know, I think when you do get a couple of injuries to a squad that size, you can, you know, things can start to unravel fairly quickly. And, I, you know, I feel for Leeds in that regard because I think they get too much criticism at times for me because I think look at where they are on the table. I think if, if you just said the first couple of seasons after coming up for the first time in what, nearly 20 years, um, you know, if they can stay out of the relegation zone, that is a success. The fact that they're doing that at the moment, despite the injuries, you know, and things haven't been as good this season as last season, but they they're not in the relegation zone. If they can just get a couple of results together, they'll be they'll be firmly out of it. You know, the fact that they're doing that and they're still playing this entertaining style of football, which they which they won't surrender because the manager just will not give up on that. Um, I, I think they should get a lot more credit. Really, I think you know the, the the commitment to that sort of style, and you know, I think sometimes I listen to pundits talk about them, and I feel like. You know if they were if they were playing dour football and getting beat one and two nil every week they'd probably get less criticism than you know drawing three three one week and then getting beat four two then it's you know it just seems to be sort of I think it's our English mentality at times we, we want to see teams like that play in a particular way but at the end of the day if they if they stay up doing what they're doing huge huge credit to them and the manager and I, I think and I hope because I do enjoy watching them and I think they're a, they're a big club that needs to be in the Premier League. I hope getting a couple of players back really does solidify them and they can sort of start climbing the table a little bit because, I'd, I, yeah, I wouldn't like to see them go down. There's a few other teams I'd probably prefer to see go than uh, than Leeds, to be honest.
0: You've, I mean, you mentioned the injuries there. I had a little look and looking at um, what might happen on Wednesday in terms of them having players available. Calvin Phillips and Liam Cooper are still both going to be out they're very close but they're not going to make this game robin cock obviously um has obviously got that concussion and leo helder as well is out so they sound like they've got a good few injury problems you know coming to Anfield. um just on a, a wider debate with the robin cock thing um it seems astounding to me that the premier league still haven't adopted five substitutes um, as a as a as a rule which has been adopted in other competitions including the Champions League. Um and obviously the Robin Cock thing has brought up the debate about concussion substitutes. Where do you stand on that sort of thing? What what and, and what have you what what do you what have you heard, I suppose, from you know managers and 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 people in the game about the these these issues?
1: Well I think that was a really good example at the weekend of sort of a situation where you can't trust clubs and players to look after themselves in this situation i think they would take any excuse not to to drag the player off you know a lot of the concussion assessment is basically asking questions to the player and if the player is dishonest about them because he wants to stay on there's not there's nothing you can do about it. you can't you know if they can't accurately diagnose a concussion within that ridiculously limited time frame then they'll be able to carry on and sometimes the concussion onset is later we've seen so many times players get a bang on the head and then they only want to go down 20 minutes later because they're starting to feel dizzy so it's it's just a totally imperfect solution i think what needs to happen around concussion substitutes is not just giving them an extra substitute to, in cases of concussion because they'll still do the same. They'll keep them on if you can. I think it's it. This should be introduced in one where it's a temporary concussion substitute, so you get a good ten minutes to assess the player, and then you yeah. can swap them back. You know that that needs to happen because then I think you will. You know you'll get a situation where clubs will maybe sort of lean on the side of okay we can we've got the time here to to assess and we don't have to make a rash decision we're not definitely losing one of our best players here to a concussion substitution you know because i, I just think they don't they don't want to drag these players off who were in the starting 11 because they're in the starting 11 for a reason the one of mm. the 11 best players so i think that that needs to change i think it's possibly a slightly different to debate to the the five subs one i'm i'm not necessarily fully in agreement with Jurgen Klopp about that one and, and you probably strangle me If you heard me say that, but um, but yeah, I think but certainly on the concussion substitutes, I think I think there needs to be a change there. And there's an
0: issue there with the concussion thing, which um, is player a player being warmed up enough to get on the pitch. So if if it happens and the player isn't warming up, what what you know, you need that bit of time to get that player go through a bit of a routine to get them on the pitch. Equally, if a player is off the pitch with a conco- for a concussion break, they're going to get cold, yeah, and then they risk injury from that. So there's there's other issues I would I would think that need kind of addressing. But it certainly seems. I mean, didn't we have it in the Inter Milan game as well? Was it Stefan de Vrij? Yeah, was complaining of double vision. He played that whole first half, but he was complaining of double vision all the way through the game, and nothing happened there. You know, so there's definitely an issue that needs. Um, needs addressing completely yeah you
1: can't you can't trust the clubs to act responsibly yeah. in those situations unfortunately I'm not coming down on the medical professionals because I fully trust their judgment and I don't think they would do anything that would put the players at risk but it, it seems to be a side effect of the fact that there is pressure from the manager next to them to sort of keep those players on the pitch if you can concussion substitute or not so I think that temporary thing although it's like you say there are, there are flaws even in that plan I think it's it's safer than what we've got at the moment, and maybe that's what we've got to target.
0: We've got a couple of uh, comments. I'm just going to come, Dave. LFC chat's friend of the show. Good to see you, Dave. He, he always pops on, and you know he's he's right, Dave, isn't he? The, the the most important game is the next one every single time, isn't it?
1: Well, that's it. Jurgen Klopp says it all the time, and it is a cliche. But he but he 100 is behind that. You know, he won't be thinking about the cup final going into Wednesday because. You 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 know you suffer a defeat in this one and and then the mood's sort of been punctured a little bit. You know Leeds can be dangerous as we know it. You know it it kills the mood and it also you know you've missed out on a huge opportunity in the Premier League to to close that gap. So yeah, it's absolutely right. I think all focus at, at Kirby this week has been on this Wednesday game and then then we can start focusing on what's happening on Sunday. Jimmy Jimmy's nails.
0: I I, I, I asked them this last time. Jimmy's nails shoes. That's what it is. He's um, not Jimmy
1: snail shoes. No, no,
0: I asked him. That. <laughs> <laughs> no, I asked him. He, he, funnily enough, he actually said, Jimmy said, um, I, I've been meaning to change it, but now I've had it <laughs> for that long, I can't. Of something. Um, he's asked, um, do you think the UEFA Champions League final will be moved from St. Petersburg?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's without doubt. I think you know, we're, we're in a pretty terrible situation out there at the moment, and I mean, the sporting thing is sort of pales into insignificance in terms of the wider issues that are going on there. But I think UEFA has got to act in solidarity with Ukraine as a starting point, one of its member nations. I think, you know, it's not in the rules, but if if one country invades another member nation of UEFA, I think they should possibly have the you know Champions League final stripped away from them is a starting yeah. point. So I don't think there's anything UEFA's rules at the moment, but I, I just can't see that going ahead as yeah. things stand because it's just a yeah terrible situation.
0: Completely. Just bring it back to Liverpool. Um, Liverpool, we we you and I are both waiting for the press conference and It was supposed to be at twelve fifteen, been moved back to one fifteen. Um, any indication to you as to whether Jota and Firmino will be will be fit?
1: So, uh, well, I, I wrote something about this yesterday, actually. Um, and sort of, yeah, it, I th- I'm, I'm less optimistic about Firmino as a starting point, I think, because just just with Jürgen's post-match, one of the interviews he said, you know, Roberto will be out for a while. And I think he sort of maybe backtracked a little bit on that in the, in the past couple of days and sort of made, you know, been a slightly more optimistic about it. But I think that might just be to sort of put the thought in Chelsea's head. Um, with Jota, I was told that, Basically, he, he, he was still in the boot as of yesterday, but that, that was always the plan. They, they, they always take the cautious route with these sorts right. of injuries. The longer they can keep them in the boot, the better. They don't want to test it too early. And, you know, obviously Sunday is the priority. So the idea was that they take him out of the boot today um, and, and have a look at it. And if there's a, 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 a what was the term, laxity of the ankle is, is correct. So I think that's the looseness of the joint around the muscles, apparently, um, and if they have a look at that today, and it's not too loose, and it, it feels like you know, in the swelling's gone down a bit, and it, hopefully, he could even train today. But you know, we'll have to see. I, I don't, I don't think he's going to be involved uh, tomorrow night. Certainly, I think, I think they would just, even if they could get a sub appearance out of him, I think you know that would be nice. But I, I just, I'm not, I'm not convinced that that's going to happen. Um, but there's still hope for Sunday. And I think if he is fit for Sunday, I think he'll start the game, won't he? I think he's too important, and with Firmino out. I think you're going to see him straight start and start in line up. And I think it's just one of those, just fingers crossed that the physios see something good today.
0: I was I was quite hopeful. As someone who has done both ankles many times over and over again, um, I've never done my ankle and been able to walk on it straight away and or or play, which he carried on playing until half-time and they pulled yeah. him off for the precaution. So... It can't. It can't have been. I didn't. I didn't expect it to be a lengthy one at all. So you know, fingers crossed on that. though, like you say. It might be too soon for tomorrow. But the
1: the they're tough as well. These players. I mean, there's so many of them. Play through little niggles and, and and ankle turns that that you or I, which it was a five-a-side game on tonight, would probably just say you couldn't make it. But you know, they will. It's a bit. The games are a bit bigger for these boys. So um, I think yeah. I think he'll do everything he can to be fit. And I think. You know, a couple of painkillers, and and hopefully they can get him on the pitch on Sunday. At my five
0: side Dave's a long, uh, a long. <laughs> um, possible team. Uh, you see any major changes? There was major changes on Saturday. So, what do you see? The players who were out, you know, coming back in for Fabinho and.
1: Yeah, I think it's an interesting one. I think his 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 thinking for that one was that Norwich was a sort of slightly kind of fixture leads can be dangerous. It's a game you've got to really control in terms of midfield and things, and, and you've got to be completely on it. Or they can, you know, they, they can the 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 wild aren't the leads at times. So I think his thinking was to to make those seven was it seven changes? I think he made for the weekend. Then have two games back to back for what is effectively probably his, his best eleven. Now Jota might change things slightly, so you know maybe Origi gets a chance, or he, he just keeps Diaz in and goes Mane Salah as well. But I think yeah, I think he'll go very quite close to the the eleven he'll want to go for in the final because I think that he likes that rhythm of two in a week. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that it's a really nice to sort of bounce them into the final in that way. So I think that I think we'll see quite close to to the the final eleven um, on Wednesday. Yeah.
0: Um, just before I ask you for a score prediction, is there any any news on Fabio Carvalho?
1: Yeah, so the, the the latest I was told, and this was a few weeks back, is that basically the the deal in terms of between the two clubs, the, there's absolutely no doubt in terms of that. Um, Liverpool had been Liverpool and Fulham, despite not getting the deal over the over the line on deadline day. We're we're happy to sort of shake hands in terms of the financials around it so that you know there's no change there they don't have to renegotiate the deal you know the fee that agreed to do it in January will be the same in the summer so they can completely avoid a tribunal which makes sense because there isn't even though the loan element's not there they are essentially the same deal The the value of the player has not changed at all I yeah. suppose because he was always going to go back there so um, so so that side of things absolutely sorted I think the the only Thing to, to finish off really is to to get the players pen you know signed in the contract and I think they're looking for a free week to do that I think um you know there'll be meetings I mean at the last I was told maybe could get done by March in terms of I think it's just finding the free time to get the player in do a full and thorough medical and get him to sign the contract but we all know the fact that Liverpool have been in for him the personal terms have already been agreed of course obviously. Um, that that you know that is maybe an assumption on my part but I but I, you know we I think we all know how it works yeah. so the agreement between the club the clubs is there the, the agreement between the player and, and Liverpool is there so I firmly expect to get it done I think I think there's no rush because I think Liverpool know they've, they've got the player in the bag and I think you know over the next few weeks or so we could maybe see an announcement on that front I was told it's a possibility for March now because just because they couldn't find the time but I think I don't think anyone's worried about it. I 100 percent expect him to end up playing for Liverpool next season.
0: It's, it's funny, actually. I've, I've had uh, I've had Scott Elliot on here quite a few times, Harvey's dad, and uh, he's seen a lot of Fabio Cavalli and rates him very highly. But I asked him what sort of player he told, and he basically told me that he was he was a number eight. Um, which I was mistaken in thinking he was more of a forward because I'd seen a lot of footage of him moving in forward areas and scoring goals and assists. Um, So that's certainly, I mean, there's a lot of chat broadly about what Liverpool are going to do in the summer. James Milner might go, um, you know, question marks over certain players. But, um, you know, that midfield area, that's another midfielder coming in. I can't see them doing any more business unless someone else goes out or is forced out. Do you what what would you say?
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it's part of this shift towards this this sort of system that we've seen this year in terms of the two the two eights in front of Fabinho. Um I think you know, I think he's really Jurgen's obviously really committing to that now and he sees Harvey Elliott's future as one of those. Fabio Carvalho is the other. Um, you know, both young players but with, with big futures. So I think I, I think that's caused some problems at times. By the way, the this this, this system at times, because I think Henderson is not particularly greatly suited to that right-hand side number eight position, and I think that's caused him issues in terms of his form this season. We saw he was back to his best when he went back into that number six position in the absence of Fabinho, looked really really sharp. So, but I think that's obviously is the long-term plan, and I think I agree. I think you know if you get if you get Fabio Carvalho in, and he, he can make an instant impact. You know, the midfield's looking pretty good then. And, and then it is just really a case, I think, of, you know, in terms of other weaknesses in the squad, there's not a great deal. Maybe you would argue that what's behind Trent Alexander-Arnold isn't always ideal. I don't think using Joe Gomez there is, is particularly ideal given what you lose on the ball. So I I, I would say I'd agree. I think that would be the only area of weakness left in the squad, really, is is the backup right-back, which is some position to be in, isn't it?
0: Yeah. The I think the 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 issue is I I look at our forward line and how strong it is at the moment, I can't see us not losing one of them.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I know exactly what you're saying and I, I agree with that. I think I think there's you know, there's a big discussion to be had over the sort of the minutes that are there to be shared out. I think, you know, Firmino probably wouldn't kick up a fuss. Um, but you know, Marne has every reason to sort of ask why, you know, how he could share his minutes with Luis Diaz. I think Sal is gonna play every week regardless, isn't he? Um and that's the situation you've got to sort. But yeah, that it, it's almost too good to be true, isn't it? In terms of the minutes that uh, I know, maybe maybe if they shift the likes of Minamino and 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 Origi, they can say, Well, there, there is enough for everyone. But it is, it's a tough situation and, and it all feeds into the contract issues as well, I think only I, I was told relatively recently that you know the likelihood is only two of the front three or the, the famous front three will will sort of stay long term so who you know who is the one who gets jettisoned i think it it all depends on what happens with with most contracts and that is still at the moment up in the air so you've not heard had any
0: update on most contract at all not heard any whispers
1: no not not for a while to be honest um you know, you like to think these things can get done quickly when there's when a breakthrough gets made, but but I've not heard anything at the moment. That, that You know, that doesn't mean it's going to be bad news or anything, but you, you don't like the idea that it's going to reach a year out. I, I, that's making me slightly uncomfortable. Um, but I suppose we have to wait and see at the moment. I mean, the,
0: the, there is a thing that they let um, the contract run down to when he's 32 and he's still on the same ways that he's on now. Well, I, I mean... Whether Mo would be happy with that, I don't know, but that 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 seems like a decent plan to me.
1: I didn't to just allow it to expire or just
0: allow it to expire. He'd be 32 when it expires. And then you've had <sighs> do, do you not have faith that he'll still
1: be one of the best players in the world at that point, now?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying it's it's not it, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that the club have gone. We'll just keep him. He's on a contract. Let's keep him. He'd be 32. That's the chats they'll be having. Look, we're we'll giving you, you, you're wanting X amount per week, which is up there with Mbappe. Well, in two years, you're going to be 32. You know, are you going to be the same player? But, you know, that's the, that's, I guess that's the issue. I mean, I, I think he'll play at the top, top level until he's 34, 35 easily. Yeah. So no, and I agree the with...
1: point. Which would be a shame then to lose him, wouldn't it? To, to yeah, see of sort of to let the, the best player in the world probably at the moment slip through your grasp just feels you know that would be one more season from, from the end of this one, and it's just uh, you know you wouldn't like to see him go. I think just I think it would be sad to, for Liverpool to to finally have the best player in the world and then to, to yeah. let him go.
0: I get you. Um, just before I let you go, score prediction for tomorrow night.
1: Uh, I've, I, well, I've, I've talked Leeds up all, all, all through this podcast, but uh, I think they've absolutely walloped up them, to be honest. Yeah. I, think be, I think the fact it's at Anfield and, and Leeds are in terrible form, um, it could, could be a 4-0, to be honest.
0: Lovely. Okay. Well, listen, Dave, thanks very much for uh, for your time. You got any, anything that you're working on at the moment that you, you want to mention?
1: If people just <laughs> want to buy the Sunday Mirror, that'll be... That's all <laughs> right by me.
0: <laughs> right, well there you go, you've heard it first. Um Dave, thanks very much. If you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, hit the bell, hit the like button, and then everything will be good in the world. Thanks very much, Dave. I'll see you soon.